It's time for Recipe of the Day. Today is the day you've been waiting for. It is the day that I'm telling you how to brine pork tenderloin. I know, I've been talking about this for a long time, and you've heard about the experiments and all kinds of things that have been going on around this pork tenderloin brine extravaganza in my home. It's taken quite a while, but I have the results for you, and it is up on Cook the Story, so you can go and look at it all as well, and it's pretty great. So I don't know about you, but I'm not the hugest fan of pork tenderloin. I find it a little bland, sometimes even mealy. It can end up dry. It's not the most flavorful pork in the world. Like pork butt is my favorite, hands down, every time. But pork tenderloin is actually very lean, so it's a healthy protein to have. It's very quick cooking, so it's wonderful for weeknight dinners. It's really versatile, like chicken breasts. So finding a way to make it taste way better was really my goal. So I actually did a series of small experiments before the big day to just make sure that I was on track and that my experimental conditions were going to be correct. So what I really wanted to know was, is wet brining or dry brining better for pork tenderloin? And then among those two options, how long do you need to brine it for to make it perfect? At what point does it become too salty or does it get like a bad texture? So that's what I wanted to know. I guess I should back up and say what brining is if you have not heard me obsess about this before. So brining is just when you soak meat in a salt water solution. The meat soaks up salt water easier or better than it does plain water. And so when you brine, you're actually bringing more moisture into the meat and that moisture is seasoned with salt. And so you're actually bringing flavor into the meat as well. And the salt in there kind of denatures the meat protein a little bit and affects the tenderness, making it more tender. So if you think about like traditional like turkey breast lunch meat and how juicy that is, that like really soft texture that's very different from cooked normal roasted turkey breast meat, that's partly because of the brining that's happened. And we're not trying to get all the way to that kind of lunch meat texture, but we are trying to get that salt juiciness and tenderization to happen at least a little bit. So like I said, leading up to the big day, I bought a whole bunch of pork tenderloins and I was kind of doing just some little side-by-side comparisons to get an idea of what was going to be the best to really compare on test day. I'm not going to tell you about all of those little mini pre-experiments, but I will tell you about the big day experiment. So there were three taste testers, me and my darling boyfriend, Marty, and my kitchen helper, Jennifer. So that is who we had. The taste test was blind for Jennifer and Marty, so they did didn't actually know what condition they were tasting at any time. They were just telling me what they thought, and then I was making notes on the results, and I was also noting my own thoughts on what I liked best. For the wet brine, we did four cups of cold water, just tap water, with four tablespoons of Morton's kosher salt. And then for the dry brine, we just sprinkled each pork tenderloin with two teaspoons of that Morton's kosher salt. And so yeah, the difference is the wet brine is salt dissolved in water, and you're then soaking the meat in there. For the dry brine, you sprinkle the meat with salt, and that draws moisture out of the meat, which then mixes with the salt and brings 
brings it back in. So you don't get as much moistening from the dry brining, but you can get a really good tenderization and seasoning throughout. And it does seem to feel like a juiciness effect. So I'm not entirely sure. But those are the two things we're doing, wet brining and dry brining. And we had nine pork tenderloins. One of them just stayed in its package in the fridge and I seasoned it well with salt just before cooking it. That leaves eight pork tenderloins. Four of them were destined for wet brines. One of them was in the wet brine for 30 minutes, another for an hour, a third for two hours, and the fourth for three hours. They were all in the wet brine in the fridge. And then the other four pork tenderloins were dry brined, one for 30 minutes, one for an hour, one for two hours, and the last one for three hours. Once everything had been brined for the correct amount of time, they all went on to baking sheets into the same oven at 300 degrees Fahrenheit. For 30 minutes, they were around 150 degrees Fahrenheit when they came out. So some notes about that. It's not super important, but just so you know, I normally actually cook pork tenderloin at 350 degrees Fahrenheit, but I wanted these cooked just a little bit more slowly so that no edges dried out. I didn't want any like dry edges to be a confounding factor in this. And I also usually take my pork loin out when it's 140 and let it come up to 145 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the lowest safe temperature for pork. But I really didn't want that um, factor of the pinkness of the pork in the middle to be affecting my judgment. I wanted things kind of a little bit more even throughout. And so cooking them just a little bit more made that a little bit more consistent, I think. Anyways, they were all the same and that is what matters, right? So then the verdict. All three of us thought that the wet brine for one hour was the best. That was our favorite. It was perfectly tender and juicy with nice seasoning throughout. The one that was wet brine for 30 minutes, the salt hadn't really penetrated fully and it wasn't as good. In fact, we actually liked unbrined better than wet brined for 30 minutes. And then by the time it was in the wet brine for two hours, it was really getting kind of a little too salty. And then by three hours, not good at all. So overall, our favorite was the one hour wet brine. And we didn't really like any of the other wet brine situations. Our second favorite was the dry brine for three hours. It was very juicy and tender with a really nice amount of saltiness throughout. And that kind of jives for me with what I've done with some other cuts of meat. The dry brining does take a little bit longer. So I guess the overall verdict from this is actually that the wet brine for one hour is the best, most convenient, followed by that dry brine for three hours. If you just want to stick it in the fridge with some salt and not worry about dissolving salted water and all of that, you can do that. And then I will tell you that our third choice was actually the unbrined pork tenderloin, just seasoned and put into the oven. So if you don't have time for either of these brining options, just do that. And it's going to be better than a lot of other things you could do. You know what? I'm going to just recommend if that's what you're doing, you need to try making my garlic butter pork tenderloin. You actually stick like holes in the pork tenderloin and stuff them with garlic butter. And so if you're not going to be brining and you just want to do some flavor real fast, that is a great way to go. I will link to that for you. So that is the results of the experiment. The verdict is in and we are done with that. It's so crazy, right? I've been talking about the pork tenderloin testing and everything for quite a while and now we have results and now we are done. I have told them to you and I don't think I want to eat pork tenderloin again for a really long time, but that's okay. 
you can eat pork tenderloin and it's going to be delicious, I promise. I'll put the link to this pork tenderloin brine and to everything else that I've talked about in the show notes for this podcast episode, or you can head to cookthestory.com slash R-O-T-D and you will find the link to the pork tenderloin brine there and then you can head over and see the chart with the verdict and all the information. It's all right there for you. And I just want to say also that if you're not following me on TikTok and Instagram already, you really should be. I'm at Cook the Story there. And I just keep having all these videos going viral and crazy. The latest one is the Ukrainian dill potatoes. It is going nuts. So you've got to go check that out. I'm Christine Pittman from CookTheStory.com, TheCookful.com, the all new chicken cookbook. And from this podcast recipe of the day, let's get cooking. (laughs) 